My name is Zach Zarillo. At the age of 16, I started a website called Property of Zach that keeps myself and hopefully other people informed on music news and, and commentary around music and the punk and surrounding genres. I work for a management company called Synergy Artist Management where I manage Knuckle Puck, Sorority Noise, Have Mercy, and Light Years, and I do day-to-day management for another band called Real Friends. I run a record label called Bad Timing Records with my co-founder, Thomas Nassif. I'm also a college student. Hello and welcome to what is currently an untitled podcast. I'm Connor, your editor, and today we have a story on the life and death of Property of Zach, a music blog. In February, I sat down with Zach around the time we were relaunching Property of Zach to discuss the site's history for what would one day become this show. Obviously, I got a little sidetracked with graduating college and never got around to completing this episode, but with this week's announcement that we'd be closing down the website, it got me to brush off the dust and cobwebs and just finish the episode. This show will hopefully one day become a place for friends and colleagues to tell interesting stories about their times in music, games, pretty much anything, and then I go in and set it to music. Hopefully it'll become a semi-regular thing, but with the turnaround time in this episode, I clearly can't promise anything. Let's get back to Zach. I grew up um, most of my time in Midtown and then the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and I spent most of my weekends in a town called West Milford in New Jersey. Both of those distinct neighborhoods and lives introduced me to different kinds of music and eventually set me off on the path of discovering punk and its subgenres. Growing up in Manhattan, I found it difficult to relate to other kids in my school. I went to an all-boys school, private, K-12, through sort of like a gossip girl school. However, the weekends where I spent my time in West Milford, New Jersey, I was introduced to a much different life. My best friend, Matthew, he comes from a hardworking family with two other siblings where his parents work incredibly hard, hard in a different way than someone in Manhattan works to provide for their family. And that's the kind of person I grew around loving and looking up to. Meanwhile, in New York, I grew up around wealthy, uh, impolite, ignorant, and arrogant um, fellow classmates that learned that learn tendencies from their parents. My parents, uh, my mother was born in Israel and, and moved to Manhattan at a very young age. She's had her own independent business as a woman for 30 years. My mom has always been my greatest influence. My father was born and raised in uh, Cranford, New Jersey, and has worked different jobs throughout his life and and works for my mom's company. Both of my parents have had a very distinct, uh, lasting effect on how I've been raised and how I live and are both inspirations to me in different ways. My friend Matthew from New Jersey introduced me to some 41 at the age of nine or so. He's three years older than me. At the time, he was 12. I didn't, for the first time ever, I felt something different with music. It's, it's sort of hard for me to remember the kind of music I listened to at a very young age, but 
I don't think any anything I listened to had a rhyme or reason. Meanwhile, when Matthew showed me some 41 for the first time ever, it felt like I was listening to music for a reason. It took years and years, but eventually I fell truly in love with a genre that we call pop punk, with artists like Blink-182, Sum 41, Newfound Glory, and those bands shaped my, my youth and, and my life today. Going from New Jersey back to New York, music like Blink-182 and Green Day and Sum 41 was popular when I was in sixth grade. I was the graduating class of 2011. By eighth grade, my classmates were listening to 50 Cent. By 10th grade, they were listening to Skrillex. And then in eighth and 10th grade, I was still listening to Blink-182. And coupled with being um, an overweight kid and teenager and, and not quite fitting in and, and listening to music that had such an effect on me and was made fun of by my classmates for it, I, I felt a divide and I didn't relate too much. Though I enjoyed my school and I, I love New York today, growing up for me in school was hard. I always felt like I was the odd one out, even though I wasn't quote unquote a nerd or a loser. I was adjacent to the popular kids, but not among them. The way they would talk about girls or talk about teachers or, or things that they had disdain for always bothered me. Eventually, um, I met my other best friend, and that, w that, that would be the internet. I didn't know until I found a, a pop punk forum called Punk Disasters that there were other kids like me that liked this music that I thought everyone stopped liking when we were 13 years old. Through Punk Disasters, I met a series of friends from the time I was 13 to 15, like my friend Connor or my friend Matt or my friend... Uh, Demi and, and many others and slowly but surely the interactions I had on this silly forum back in the mid 2000s and late 2000s profoundly changed my life and opened me up to to people I could relate to online whether they were in New York or Australia or California or Eugene Oregon it didn't matter for the first time in my life I, I sort of found out that it didn't matter where you were from that there were people just like you or somewhat just like you all over the world, and it meant a lot to me. Punk Disasters closed down in 2009 when I was in my first two years of high school, and I suddenly had no one to talk to anymore. I would say that I was very depressed and overweight, and I, I suddenly had no more outlet to talk about. I would get home from school, and I would spend the rest of my night doing homework and commenting on Punk Disasters, and suddenly all my friends were gone, just like that. And I couldn't talk to them anymore, whether they were in Australia, Oregon, or my backyard. I just didn't know where they were anymore. My one friend from Punk Disasters, his name was Jed. He recommended that I start a Tumblr blog. It was weird for me then because uh, I knew what blogging was, but I, didn't, I never cared about writing. I wasn't a writer. I, I didn't want to blog. I just wanted to comment. I wanted to comment on a new song by a band I liked. And to me, those were two very, very different things. At this point, Tumblr was only about a year or so old, but I started a Tumblr blog. Fast forward from February of 2009 to August, my friend Connor 
asked me to interview his crappy pop punk band called Fire Torpedoes. And after that, a few others, uh, namely Every Atlas and Auburn, asked me to interview their bands. And I did it. I don't know why they asked me. I think I had about 300 followers on Tumblr. And at that time, that was a lot. I I couldn't believe 300 people would follow anything I did. I had no idea what that meant. It was it was weird, but we did it. And and after I interviewed those bands, not knowing anything that I was doing, um, I decided that maybe I should try to interview a quote-unquote real band. No offense to my friends. And um, on, on November 8th, 2009, I interviewed the dangerous summer in moving mountains at Straylight Run's final show at the studio at Webster Hall in New York City. And from there on, everything changed. The start of junior year, which was the same year the the website got its birth, was, was very different for me than the two years that preceded it. I had lost a lot of weight. The website sort of gave me a desire or an interest. I was, uh, for the first time ever, getting to the point of having a serious relationship. And and everything was new for me. Emily Koch um, became the editor-in-chief of Property Zach and, and helped me form the website, helped me create it and, and develop what it would come today. I didn't know what I was doing. I was six I was a sixteen year old and then a seventeen year old kid asking twenty to thirty year old men and thirty to forty year old publicists if I could interview them, if I could get their music early to review. And I was then asking friends of mine from Punk Disasters and friends of mine from Tumblr if they would help me write reviews for music we liked and now I know exactly what that means, but when I was 16 and 17, you know, it's hard to know what something is before you've done it, and then before you've done it for a while. And the first two years of running Properties Act were kind of like the wild, wild west. People didn't respect me because I was too young, because I was on Tumblr. People didn't respect the website for one reason or another, but, but slowly and surely we kind of found our way and and just like it was growing up in high school and middle school and and always being an outcast it it, for the first time ever it was to my benefit to be different than alternative press and absolute punk and punk news and and i start i finally started to fit in on the internet again and to me the internet is no different than real life in a lot of ways And, and maybe that sounds strange but um, if I can connect with someone in Chicago the same way I could almost connect to someone in Philadelphia, then who cares? That's that's incredible. That's beautiful in a lot of ways. And I think the first time the web, it really clicked with me that Properties Act could be with something was when I interviewed with Emily. Um, we interviewed together Kevin Devine in March maybe February of 2010. It was it was soon after the birth of the website. We interviewed him at a venue called City Winery and I had never met Kevin before and and to this day he's the nicest man I've ever met and he was so welcoming and and it for the first time it it seemed like we weren't having we weren't interviewing each other but having a, a conversation. And leaving that conversation it felt like I wanted to have conversations with 
hundreds of artists, hundreds of bands. And funny thing is, five years later, I have a record label called Bad Timing, and Kevin Devine's one of our artists. And it's incredible how things change and how things develop and how relationships blossom and bloom and, and so on. The the second time I think it became clear that Properties That could be something was when I met Man Overboard, Transit, and Jesse Cannon in the late summer and early fall of 2010. I met Jesse uh, through email. Jesse Cannon used to manage Man Overboard and Transit, and he started talking to me over email this summer going into my senior year of high school. He thought I was a smart kid, and he became a mentor to me in the early years of the site. I had a lot of questions, and I realized at a young age, luckily, that asking questions was okay if the if the person on the other end was willing to answer them. And so I asked him a lot of questions, and eventually I began to develop relationships for the website and for myself with Man Overboard and Transit, and those relationships have lasted me five years, and, and they've been very rewarding for all of us. My senior year of high school, I spent so much time on the website. I, I it, it was becoming a thing too, I, in the sense that I, I didn't talk about it at school, but people at school started to know about it. And teachers would ask me what I was doing. And suddenly I had to apply to college. And I decided I wanted to go to college and get a music industry degree, whatever that means. I still don't really know. But the only reason I think that I got to Drexel University where I go to school now is because of Property of Zach, because I showed that I had some kind of semblance of what the music industry meant and what I wanted to do in it. Throughout senior year, the site became more and more real. We, we tacked on features like road blogs and contributor blogs, and Emily helped my writing not be atrocious, and she helped develop other writers and other team members and other features. We added in cool things like contributor blogs and acoustic sessions. And then I graduated. A lot changed for me my freshman year of college. I was in a new city. I was miserable at college. Uh, <laughs> but suddenly, I, I a whole new world opened up. I, I came to Philadelphia as the Philadelphia punk scene blew up. There were incredible bands like Tigers Draw, Man Overboard, Balance and Composure, Title Fight, and then this new band, Modern Baseball. I remember within the first or second week of school, I was in a class, I believe, called C&D Apps. It was a computer class for uh, pr production of music. And I was checking propertiesact.com to make sure the site looked okay. And uh, this kid next to me said, oh, you read that site? That's cool. I was like, do you read that website? And this guy named Jake, this kid named Jake said, oh yeah, I check it all the time. And I was like, this is my website. And he's like, oh, whoa. And um, Jake became one of my early and really still one of my only friends at Drexel. And by the end of the year, by the end of freshman year, he started this band called Modern Baseball. And now Modern Baseball are one of the biggest bands in Philadelphia and, and will be one of the biggest bands in our music scene. And, and I started to develop a lot of friendships and relationships in my freshman year of college. And Modern Baseball are maybe the best example of that. As a funny anecdote, within the first, I think by in November of my freshman year of college in 2011, 
I had lost my Canon uh, battery pack for my Canon camera, which I did acoustic sessions with bands for. I posted in my dorm's Facebook group to see if anyone had a charger. One person wrote back. His name was Eric. He said, come down a floor or two and you can come get it. So I went down and I saw he was on Tumblr and I said, and he asked me basically what I needed the charger for. And I said, oh, I run a website called Property Zach. I, I film bands with it. And he said, oh my God, I read that website. And I was like, huh, what do you, what's your major? And, and he told me that his major at Drexel was uh, videography. And the next thing you know, Eric was filming videos for Property of Zach and he filmed some incredible videos that really furthered the website. And then literally because I lost a camera, I lost a charger, I found a new member of Zach that a new member of Property of Zach that added in a whole new depth and feel to the website. And and that's another good example of the relationships I started to make once I was in college in Philadelphia. At, towards the end of um, the summer going into the freshman year of college, um, I started to become a lot closer with my now best friend, Thomas Nassif. Uh, he used to work at a record label called Paper and Plastic, but he also worked for Absolute Punk at the time, like he still does today. And I remember Thomas tried to get me to quit Property as Act to join Absolute Punk for a really long time. And then suddenly he was like, man, Absolute Punk should just buy Property as Act. And neither of us knew what that meant, but we were like, yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I, I never thought I could make money with a website before. I never had, there was never a single ad on Property of Zach until sometime in 2012, basically. And so all of a sudden, Thomas told Jason Tate, the owner of Absolute Punk, and then a plan started to emerge. And I remember very distinctly, I was at an in-store in New Jersey with Man Overboard who were promoting their new record, Heart Attack. Oh, no, they were promoting their new self-titled record. And I got an email from Buzz Media sending me a proposal to buy property of Zach. Buzz Media is a company that's now called Spin Media. They own, uh, they own media sites like Absolute Punk, like Stereo Gum. Uh, they used to own Brooklyn Vegan. They used to own some other sites like Property of Zach as well. Um, and I sold Property of Zach to Buzz Media in March of 2012 when I was 18 years old and a freshman in college. It took a while to, and it, and it was a frustrating process, but eventually the Buzz Media deal was announced in August of 2012 while I was in Eugene, Oregon, visiting my two friends, Grace and Connor. It was an interesting trip for me. I broke up with my girlfriend of nearly three years. It was mutual. It was something that needed to happen. And it happened the day or two before announcing this move to Buzz Media. And it was a really interesting point in my life where one chapter was clearly ending and one was just starting and they separate each other by three days. I came home from Eugene and I was ready to get back to Drexel reluctantly and move to Philly again into an apartment instead of a dorm room and start my second year of college. And then, and then suddenly two things happened that kind of just shook my world following this new beginning and a rocky end. I remember being on Warp Tour for a few days that summer of 2012 when an album called Floral Green by Title Fight got announced. 
It was in the middle of the morning and we were all sitting, I think we were all sitting around in a bus cause it was like a hundred degrees outside. And suddenly Title Fight announced this record out of nowhere while they were on Warp Tour. It was a crazy thing. And they released a song that sounded nothing like they had sounded like before. We were all very excited for them. Eventually I got an advance of the record. If you don't know what that means, as a, as a blogger, as a music writer, record labels and publicists will, awful, will often send you music months or week bef weeks before it comes out. So by the time it comes out, your website will hopefully release a glowing review of the album. I got a review copy of Floral Green, just like I had gotten a lot of reviews copies before that for years up until that point. At that point, I had been sharing my advances with other members of Property Zach. It didn't make sense for Connor, for Jesse, or for other writers to necessarily get the same advance I was because we all couldn't review the same album. But they were on the, my team and I trusted them more than I trusted anyone. And so I would often share reviews for albums with friends. I didn't really understand the potential consequences. And if you don't know what the potential consequences, it's that an album that you get could leak. And you might ask, well, how, how could they know that you leaked it? And advances are all watermarked. They have a, a digital tracer in them or a code or a seal basically that doesn't make the music sound any different at all, but they're able to trace it. So I gave my copy, my digital copy of Floral Green to a photographer of Property Zach at the time. It, I didn't think anything else of it. It, Title Fight was her favorite band and she asked me if she could have the album and I said sure thing just of course don't share it with anyone it was the morning of a day before I was a week or two before I was set to go to Drexel and I got a call a very disconcerting call from Jason Tate of Absolute Punk and he asked me out of nowhere if I leaked Title Fight's Floral Green and I said no what are you talking about and he said I'm I'm on the phone right now with Title Fight's publicist and their manager, and they're telling me that you leaked this album. And I was like, well, that's like, they have the wrong information. I, I didn't do that. Like, I, I was, I was almost laughing because I was like, I, I, I was, I, I think I had a show the night before or something. Like I was out, like, there's no way I would have, could have leaked the album. I've never leaked an album to this day. I've personally never uploaded an album to the internet that was not meant to be there and i was like i think they should just check again man like i didn't do that i it i wasn't taking it seriously and then jason was like zach if you leak the album you have to tell me i said i i basically i just i was so confused um and then it, it got to be such a big deal to the point where like there were threats of legalities being thrown back and forth and and suddenly I had just sold this, my website to this company, um, Buzz Media, and then suddenly Buzz Media had to be in the mix. And this situation, I, I, I truly didn't understand what was going on. And then Jason Tate asked on the phone, did you share the album with anyone? And I said, I did. I shared the album with someone last night. And so within a day of me giving this album to a photographer that I trusted, um, floral green leaked onto the internet and it's my fault um it ruined my relationship with 
title fight with their manager. It started to it started a really rocky relationship with their publicist that's now burned. Um, and it stayed with me very very much so since that day. In fact, I've never uh, publicly admitted that the leak came from Property Zach until right now. Some people know. Some co-workers know. It's not something I talk about. I'm not proud of it. Um, in fact, I'm deeply embarrassed and humiliated by it that, one, I was foolish enough to share an advance and to share in advance of such a hot, like a wildly anticipated album, but to also be, to be betrayed and embarrassed by someone that I trusted and, you know, was, was being nice and doing them a favor too. And it, again, it had just come after this point where I, I broke up with my girlfriend, where we broke up when, and she had helped me get through a lot of things in my life. And, but that was, you know, that was met with selling the company to Buzz Media, and that was supposed to be great. And then all of a sudden, like back on the roller coaster ride, this thing happened. And I thought the site was dead when that happened. I thought that Title Fight would blog about it, or that it, the news would leak out to all these websites or something, and that I'd be blacklisted and blackballed, and that the site was over. I thought the website was over. And it was horrifying i'm still horrified of it but it was so scary to a 19 year old kid then and, and it would be scary to me today too and i hope i never am part of something like that again but oddly enough that wasn't the most traumatic thing that happened in 2012 neither was my girlfriend and i breaking up it was um when i moved down to philly for my second year of college i was out to dinner with my parents and my best friend matthew who i've talked about and um, we were at a Chinese restaurant eating like any other day. And uh, I, I ate nuts. And I, as, it now, as I now know, I'm deathly allergic to nuts. And I, um, I ended up going into anaphylactic shock. I passed out on the streets of Philadelphia waiting for the ambulances to come to take me to the hospital. I was 30 seconds away from dying. When I woke up after being drugged out for a day or two, I, I was intubated and I, I, I was not breathing for myself. I had tubes down my throat and machines all around me and in my arm. I still have scars from it. And I almost died. Um, and this happened at a time where I was very depressed from things ending with my girlfriend and I, from this title fight leak, from just being unsure of my life. And I woke up and Everything needed to change. I, I couldn't be how I was anymore. I was selfish. I was cocky. I was just not in a good place. And, and that, you know, I almost died and it, it changed everything for me. After I got out of the hospital, I was kind of an emotional roller coaster. Um, I couldn't sleep at night. My mind wouldn't shut up. There were, there were all these things that I wanted to, I wanted to redeem myself for treating my ex poorly. I wanted to redeem my confidence in Property Zach. I wanted to do better in school. I wanted to stay thin, I, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was tough. By the end of 2012, I, I started seeing a new girl um, who I'm still with today. Her name's Grace. And the, the website started to pick up steam again and things started going the right way. 
by December of 2012, I had started to hear rumors um, from friends that I will call sources for a frame of reference. And these sources were telling me that Fallout Boy were going to reunite for Skate and Surf. They didn't know anything more than that. They didn't know if they'd be touring, if they would be releasing a new album. There was nothing. But I confirmed with four to five different sources that Fallout Boy were playing Skate and Surf. This was insane to me for a few reasons. In the summer of 2011, I interned at a company called Crush Music. Crush um, is a management company that managed Fallout Boy. And so I, I had interned for this company several years ago. And um, suddenly I had the biggest scoop of my lifetime in my lap. And it was that Fallout Boy were going to reunite. And for a full month, it weighed on me. Should I leak this news? And again, think about it. This came at a point after the fall, after the title fight leak, and I saw the damage that did to me personally and, and in business. But I decided that I was going to do it. And I did. And <laughs> it was insane. I, it was pandemonium. One, the website had 50,000 hits in a day, which at that time was like unheard of for me. And I didn't know that was even possible, basically. And... It was, it was just going crazy and crazy and Fallout Boy denied the rumors and I was getting death threats and homophobic slurs were being thrown at me. Like Fallout Boy were, are one of the most important bands in this genre of music of all time. And so for me to say that they were reuniting when apparently they weren't made a lot of people upset. That was on January 25th, 2012 or 2013, 2013. And, uh, a week or two later, Fall Out Boy announced their reunion with a new album and with a tour and with an appearance at Skate and Surf. And thank God I was right. That took Property's Act down a much different path than, not that I didn't necessarily intend, but that I wasn't expecting. The site became a lot more popular very quickly because we had so much exposure and suddenly credibility. And I wanted to make the website bigger than ever, and I tried to. We brought on more volunteers. We... We tried to do different stuff. We sponsored Skate and Surf. We, we did all these different things. And ultimately, the website got to be pretty sizable. But I wasn't really getting paid for it. And I started to have other interests. In January, that same month where I leaked Fallout Boy, I started to manage my first band. They were called Light Years. They're from Cleveland, Ohio. My friend, Jason Parent, who's a booking agent, asked me to try managing a band. Again, I didn't know what that meant, but I was gonna go for it. And that was met with a second big change. In February of 2013, that, uh, just a month later, my friend Thomas, who I mentioned, was the large reason of why Properties Act sold to Buzz Media. Thomas came to me over AIM and he was telling me that he had a name for a record label and he was looking to start a record label. I should say very clearly that Thomas was not asking to start a record label with me. <laughs> but right away, I told him, you're not allowed to talk to anybody else about this. I want to start the record label with you. Don't talk to anyone else about this. And so very shortly after, we started a record label called Bad Timing Records. And we had our first release in July of 2013 while I was in a hot dorm room at the University of Oregon in Eugene, and we sold out of our first record 
Acceptance, um, a band called Acceptance and their album Phantoms. We sold out of that in four hours and 18 minutes. And that started that. And, and two years later, the record label is a big part of my life. To, to zoom back to where we were before, Property Zach was growing and my interests were sort of developing. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't as focused on Property Zach because I was in a very rocky relationship with Buzz Media, who soon became Spin Media. They weren't following through on their contractually obligated promises. And I was in high school, I was in college and I was nervous about my future. And I, and I soon found out that I really liked doing things like managing bands and running a record label. And, and that all changed again when I picked up a band for management called Knuckle Puck. I started to feel like I was a good manager. And then we put out their music on bad timing and I started to feel like we could really run a record label. And those two things coupled with uh, growing discontent with spin media started to started to change my mind on the website. In January of 2014, spin media went through its second or its third or its fourth round of layoffs and just as many CEOs in a year or two. And it looked like they were going to close down Property Zach and Absolute Punk for a while. But they decided not to. And then something really weird happened. Instead of paying Property Zach the money we were owed, Spin Media did something that I still don't really quite understand. Spin Media in January or February of 2014 was bought by a company called Spin Media Group. And you may ask yourself... What does that mean? <laughs> and I don't know, but what I do know it means is that a group of investors got together and and they named themselves Spin Media Group and they bought everything from Spin Media except the company's debt. And so that meant everything was the same except that Spin Media Group was not liable to pay anyone money that Spin Media owed. I'll remain commentless on what that means to me, but you can draw your own you can draw your own outcomes. And so ultimately this made me very concerned and it, it started to grow a large distaste in my mouth for, for property Zach. Um, I felt like I was doing something for the benefit of not myself or not those that were gracious enough to volunteer their time, but for this company that basically had no positive outcome for me and no care for me either. They, they just didn't care. And I was growing discontent as a junior in college that was starting to think about what he was going to do once he graduated. And management, I had joined a company called Synergy Artist Management um, and I started to manage Knuckle Puck and that was going very well. And I was working with this band called Real Friends and that was going very well. And there was a time where I was starting to think, well, maybe there isn't a property stack in my future. And that was the first time I ever thought that. And I remember it terrified me thinking that. Property Zach is my identity. It's the longest thing I've ever done in my life. It's the most special thing I've ever done in my life. And so there was a time from the end of 2013 to about March of 2014 
where I was thinking about quitting Property Zach and starting a new website. Um, or maybe a new website with, with someone else at Spin Media. And we were both very inspired by this other sports and um, pop culture website called Grantland. And we were inspired by the kind of writing they did and the kind of podcasts. And it looked like we were going to do it. And then we didn't. And that um, that was really hard for me. Again, I, I sort of felt misled and confused about my future while still trying to pass math in school and and stay a good boyfriend to my girlfriend who was spending six months abroad in Spain and I remember visiting her I went to I went to Spain I went to visit Madrid and Madrid Spain and Porto Portugal with Grace and I'll never forget we were on a park bench in Porto overlooking a river, a beautiful river. And we started talking about money and started talking about like how much money it takes to live on, how much money we should, you should be saving, things like that. And I got terrified. I started to think, holy shit, I need to make some money, don't I? And you can, you can take that two ways. You can take that to mean I want to quote unquote sell out and make money by any means. Or you could say this was a junior in college realizing that he needed to have a job once he graduates that paid him so he could live to do what he loved or to just get by. And I don't think I'd ever thought that before. Um, I, I'm very incredibly lucky enough to have a family that was able to pay for college for me and and support me while in college and obviously growing up as a kid, but I don't know that the end of that junior year in college, when I was visiting Grace in Spain, like for the first time it dawned on me, I need to get my shit together. I need to be able to live once I graduate. The music industry is uh, very well known as a place where you don't get paid well. <laughs> and so I, I got home from this trip from port, uh, from Spain. I remember it was uh, the plane I flew back on into JFK from Spain. It was it was by no means like a scary, dangerous plane. It was just, there was no like great TV situation. I And I couldn't sleep. And so I spent six hours of this flight basically just thinking like, how am I going to make money? I have to start a new property of Zach. I spent from March of 2014 to June fighting with Spin Media every day. I decided that instead of quitting property of Zach, I wanted to get it back. I didn't really know how to do that. I had come up with all these plans in my head. I'll just steal the website back. They never took the domain name from me. I'll just steal it back. They're not going to sue me. I'm just a kid. I'll threaten them and I'll say I'll quit. And I'll say, good luck running a website called Property Zach without Zach. I'll ruin it. And a hundred other like harebrained plans from there. But there was a, there was a time where I really was thinking about quitting and, and just letting it close down. At that point, managing with Synergy, I wasn't getting rich. I'm still not getting rich, but I could see this light at the end of the tunnel where management could actually be a salary for me and I could make a living from it. And it was so strange because I always thought I'd make a living off of Property of Zach. And, and so to be considering quitting Property Zach and focusing on Synergy and my record label, like there was nothing wrong with it. It just felt so foreign. And the more I started to think about it, 
the more it upset me. Um, in May of 2014, I went to a Manchester Orchestra tour where Kevin Devine was opening, and I worked up the courage to ask Kevin, who was my friend at this point, if I could put a live record of his out on vinyl. And we'll get ahead of ourselves but here for a second, but if I was to close Property Zach right now, at that moment in May or June of 2014, it, it would have been the wrong thing to do. Here we are a year later, it's, it's, it's February of, it's 2015 right now, and I'm going to release nine Kevin Devine pieces of vinyl on Bad Timing Records this year. And that only was made possible because back in 2010, like I said before, Kevin Devine was the reason, the first reason why Emily and I thought we could make the website happen because he took his time to to have a conversation with her and I and and it was incredible. It changed my life and here I was, here I am 5 years later and Kevin Devine's on my record label and I'm supporting him and he's supporting me and it's it's insane. Just a few weeks ago I went to see the Wonder Years celebrate 10 years of being a band. The first time I ever saw the Wonder Years was in January of 2010. It was that same beginning of Property is Act. They had just released this album called The Upsides. And they were touring. They were opening for this band called Crime and Stereo. They played my favorite room at the studio at Webster Hall. I remember walking up to their van. It might have been March of 2010. 10, but I remember walking up to their van in this awesome newfound glory shirt and John James Ryan, their TM said, man, where can I get that shirt? I said, the internet, man. And I was there to interview the band and to also go to the show. And I, um, Soupy was sitting in the passenger seat of the Wonder Years van and he said, hop in the driver's seat. And like, what a great metaphor that was really thinking about it now and and I interviewed Soupy and then I went to this Wonder Years show and there were 20 people there and 10 of the people cared about the Wonder Years and I was one of them and it's one of my favorite shows I've ever been to but now five years later I watched the band play to 3,600 people over three days and I know those guys those guys are my friends I knew the bands that opened for them the people that I spent my weekend with, my friends going to those shows, I only know all of them because of Property of Zach. And what if I had closed the website back in halfway through 2014? What am I gonna, what am I gonna, where am I gonna be some weekend in 2025 or 2020 because of Property of Zach? I don't know, but if I if I close it down, if if I don't make it my own thing, if it doesn't evolve with me, I don't know what I'll be missing out on. And ultimately, like at this point, Property of Zach is just an extension of myself and my friends and my loved ones. And I'm so glad that we decided not to close it down, but instead decided to let it grow with us.
It's July 30th, 2015. The last time I spoke with Connor, it was either a few months ago or eight months ago. I, I can't remember. Um, the last thing I said to Connor, I'm being told, is that I could never shut down the website. And so this, this past version of the website was just the next step of a step that would continue going for years, for decades, for days, because I was property of Zach and property of Zach was me. If you're reading this, it's too late. Actually, what I think I meant to say was, if you're listening to this, that's changed. Um, undoubtedly, uh, the news has now broke uh, that property of Zach is coming to an end. We're just a few days away from now. that now. Um, I'm a little scared. Um, I keep saying um, but I'm scared. I'm not um scared, I'm scared. Property of Zach has been my identity for six years. Um, I think six years ago now, Connor, uh, the person that is going to edit this and make me sound like an idiot, asked me to interview his god-awful band called Fire Torpedoes! Exclamation um, mark. I was going into my junior year of high school. I wasn't even there yet. I vividly remember hanging out at my best friend's house, Matthew Romeo, with his sister, Amanda, who I've known all my life. We were watching some sort of TV, and uh, I pulled... Oh, I, I remember getting a text from my, on my BlackBerry Pearl, probably, from Connor. That was a great phone, by the way. Um, saying, you got to finish these interview questions. And so I remember asking him horrible questions and asking him to fill in those questions. I don't even remember if I talked about this whenever we taped the first uh, portion of this segment interview, but... I'm repeating it now because I'm getting sappy. So anyway, I just I just mean to say that it's really been six years since the website kind of started. And it's been my identity since then, since I was 16 and in high school. And now I'm 22 and I've graduated from college. And um, I am literally killing my identity. And... Shit, that's terrifying. What am I doing? Is this dumb? Seems kind of dumb, right? Like, don't tell anyone, but what am I going to do a week later when everyone tells me how much they miss me and I panic and I say, oh my God, I made a mistake. Please have me back. I can't do that, right? Like, Jon Stewart's about to go off the air too. Like, he can't even come back and that dude's making millions of dollars. I'm just trying to make myself happy. And I guess that's really what this comes down to. Um, I've traded my happiness for a lot of professional things. I was recently having a conversation with a friend that said, most 22 year olds don't have their life figured out in terms of work. So it makes sense that you do, I guess, because you've always been ahead. And I said, you know what? I think that's accurate. I think most people go through life not ever having a passion for a job. And I, I think that's really a bummer, but I can't change that. But what I did say was, I think a lot of people figure out at least their general course of life 
a little bit earlier and um I never did. My general course of life was work and success and um I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure out a little bit more of my personal life now. Um I'm very lucky to have a lovely partner of three years and she's excellent and, and she happens to be living on the same coast as me for the first time ever and we're going to see if that's not a terrible thing like we hoped it wouldn't be. And um, I'm obviously still going to be working. Um, I've left my job at Jadetree. I've closed my podcast. I'm closing this website. But, you know, I'll obviously still be managing and running bad timing records. Um, but I guess the difference is that those things are major, uh, majorly behind the scenes rather than being in front of them. And... <sighs> For so long, I worried about not having property of Zach because it was something that made me loud. And to tell you the truth, I was never that popular in high school. No one ever wanted to listen to me. And with property of Zach, they had to. And so I never, I always was also scared about losing that voice and that power. And honestly, for the first time, I think I don't care. Um, if I, it happens to be that all of my success fades away in the next year because I shut down the website and wanted to try something different, then damn, that's going to suck, huh? We don't even know. I'm not even going to know for a year from now. God, it's a terrible decision. You guys, what am I doing? I don't know. I do know. I do know. Um, it's just time, you know, we got the website back in January. And since then, I think we've run a good ship. There's been weeks that have been a lot less, a lot more vacant than others just because of life. And that's been okay. But we published some phenomenal things like Jamie Coletta's Get Schooled series and um, Jim Cassar's uh, Redone and uh, some really wonderful pieces by Jessica Perry and Adrian Fisher and tons of good editing and words and interviews from Jesse Richmond and stuff like that. And I'm so proud of all of it. And I wasn't proud of property of Zach a year ago, um, but I'm proud of it now. And I don't want to, I don't want to ever be unproud of it again. And I'd rather bring it to a close now when I know I can be proud and, and, and say goodbye the way I want to on my own terms rather than, in an ugly way. Um, but I'm scared and I'm sad. I feel like it's right. I feel like I'm making the right decision here. But it's tough. And you, you never really know until after it's gone. And just because of all the stuff I have coming up, I'm moving back home to New York. My life's changing a little bit. I'm not going to really know maybe how much I miss it, how much I regret it, how much I don't regret it. Maybe for a few more weeks, maybe for a few more months. And I'm scared of that, but I think it's going to be okay. Um, I think it's going to be okay. Thank you. Um, this has literally been my life for six years, and uh, I hope I'm not shooting myself in the foot. I think I'm stepping into something better. This is crazy, but I think I'm doing it. And... Um, Thank you.